Aleluia. Aleluia. There is no doubt that the special presence of God is in this house. Amen. You may never see him face to face, physically in this world. But you can always feel his awesome presence. Just like we have never seen oxygen. But we breathe in oxygen every day. And exhale carbon dioxide. We've never seen oxygen and carbon dioxide. But we know that they exist. And we may never see God physically in this world. But this God is closer to us than the very air that we breathe. He lives in us. And God is in this house. And that's why theologians have told us the three great attributes of God. One, omnipotence. Two, omniscience. Not omniscience, like some of you say omniscience. It's pronounced omniscience. Omnipotence, omniscience, and uh, omnipresence. Omnipresent means God is everywhere. Omniscient means God knows all things. Can you imagine? You don't even know what will happen this evening. He knows what will happen 10 years from now. A million years from now. Eternity from now. He's omniscient. You are here now. You don't know what's happening in your compound. What your co-tenant is doing right now, you don't know. But God knows. And if he needs to intervene, he will send angels to attend to things you are not aware needs to be attended to. That's why it's good to serve God. He takes care of the things we are not aware of. We only see front because that's where we are looking. We don't see what's behind us. But that omnipresent God, omniscient God who knows all things and is present everywhere is able to take care of all things. And then omnipotent is all powerful. There is nothing difficult for God to do. That's omnipotence. He has all power. And there is what you call the manifested presence of God. He's everywhere in an aircraft. God is there. Right there inside of the ocean liner. God is there. On the highway. God is there. In your kitchen. God is there. In your city room. God is there. He's everywhere. But there's what you call the manifested presence. He is more in some places than he is in some other places. He's at Catola bus stop right now. He's there. Lucky Fiber, he's there. But his manifested presence right here. There is a manifested presence of God right here. You feel his presence here more than you felt it at Lucky Fiber. Even though he's there. When I take a bottle of perfume, sweet perfume, sweet fragrance, straight on me. Oh, is it perfume I should use now? Okay, perf or insecticide, anything that sprays. You have more concentration of it around here, the vicinity of the spray. But it will diffuse 
you know they call diffusion, osmosis, and blah blah blah. Okay, it will diffuse to that point, and somebody over there, where Sister Iyang is, will inhale it too. But I tell you, the person standing right here with me will inhale more of it. If you believe it, shout yes. Where the people of God that gather, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am right in their midst. God's presence will be seriously manifested here than right there. But he will also be there because there is nowhere you don't have God. But he is more in some places. And he's right here in a concentrated form this morning. Shout hallelujah if you believe it. He created everything, but he wasn't created for his God. With a blast of his nostrils, he parted the sea for his God. He is the Alpha Omega, the mighty God. He is the greatest God in all the earth. God is too much, too much, too much. Yeah, God is too much, too much, too much. Oh, God is awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, God is awesome, awesome. A psalm, so give him the praise, the praise, the praise. Oh, give him the praise, the praise, the praise. Give him the praise, the praise, the praise. Hey, give him the praise. Give him glory. Oh, give him glory, glory, glory. Yeah, give him glory, glory, glory. Stand up and pray in tongues for two minutes, everybody. That's what the Lord says. Oh, worship the Lord. It's a tongue of worship. I hear. Jehovah,
Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Genesis chapter 14, please. Have you seen verse 18? Are you there? Say I'm there. Hallelujah. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was a priest of the most high God. And he blessed him. And said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. Verse 20. And blessed be the most high God who has delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And he what? One more time. For the last time. And he gave him tithes of all. God bless you. You may be seated. I started teaching this series on the doctrine of tithes and tithings. Even though the church of Jesus Christ was not established for money reason, we found that in the church there are things like tithes and offering. Yet the church was not set up to collect tithe and offering. That's not the reason. Jesus did not die so he can give employment to pastors. People were feeding, they were eating before Jesus was born. He didn't even die so you can see money to build a house. There was already real estate before Mary conceived Jesus. Is that correct? That you come together Worship the Lord, do the work of the ministry, soul winning and all that, and then you run into a very necessary thing. The need of that very necessary thing. Finance, funds. Just like your village people holding a meeting, some do it once in a month in one place in Lagos or the other. Village people, town people. And then They'll talk about the welfare of our people in Lagos and then the people way back home. And then they'll talk about pledges. They want to do some boreholes in some communities way back in their village. They'll be raising money from Lagos people and send it home. Village People's Meeting Development Association. They'll be raising funds. If somebody is dead and they want to send some delegates to the village, charter the vehicle that will carry the, the, the dead body and all that, money will be spent. Everything involves money. And they start tasking you. But the village people's meeting or village development association, whatever you call it, was not set up for the purpose of raising money. It was set up to achieve some goals, but in trying to achieve those goals, because you still operate in a human society, everything answers to money. You want to chat up, uh, you want to buy a casket for the dead person, they will not give you the casket free of charge. You want to do burial, you will still spend money, everything. So at the end of the day, you start telling people, okay, let's contribute, let's do pledges. That's what happens there. But they didn't gather to raise money, but they will end up raising money. 
and the church was not set up to make pastors rich. Jesus did not die on the cross, bleeding to death that hot afternoon, thinking of Pastor Tio in mind, how can, I, how can I give him a job? That's not why Jesus died, that I may have a job. He died that people may be saved by means of his shed blood. And in announcing that, and in preaching that, people are getting saved, then you are bringing them together to nurture them, feed them the word of God, unto spiritual maturity until the coming of Jesus Christ. You're already having a group of people gathered and you will need a piece of land. You need to have a roof above their head. You need the microphone. Before you know it, you start saying, okay, let's, let's contribute. Let's do this. Let's buy. Our drum set is bad. Uh, the, the, this one is bad. The fans are not working. But we didn't gather so we can buy fans. The church was not set up to buy pastor a car. No, there are people who, are, who have cars who are not pastors, who are not even Christians. So when you hear, oh, oh we are raising money, we want to plaster the church, we want to do the gutter, those things are to be done because people are gathered, but we were not gathered for those things. You were not born into this world to eat food, but you will eat food to survive this world. If you don't eat, hunger will kill you soon. But you were not born to eat. You, you, were, you, you, you are not living to eat. You eat to live. Clap for Jesus. And so, because of the importance of finance in God's work, because of the importance of the knowledge of the atonement, and because of the importance of earth dwellers bringing praise to God in heaven. Melchizedek could not wait for the fullness of time for those things to be done in practical, in reality. He had to come in a mystery way, like a mystery personality to adumbrate those things. Adumbrate is a word meaning to foreshadow a thing that is to come. To give you a foretaste of that which is to come. Now, Melchizedek was going to tell, was telling the world the importance of praise worship. The importance of the atonement that God was in the fullness of time going to send his son into this world to die. He brought forth bread and wine adumbrating the atonement today in church we take bread and wine as emblems of the holy communion reminiscing over the fact of his death burial and resurrection and as soon as Abraham met him and that man preached the atonement that was to come to him and preached praise and worship relationship with God and his creation to him and then the man got a revelation of titan then he parted his good divided it into uh, uh, he removed 10% of all his good and said, I give it to you to pay tithe. To pay. There was a revelation of tithe. And then in Genesis 28, Jacob said, God, I'm going to pay tithe. I've seen my father Isaac do that. Isaac saw it on my father, my grandfather Abraham. So I'm going to pay tithe. There was no law of Moses. Titan came before the law. And when the law was given by Moses in Exodus chapter 20, Titan was embraced by the law. 
And when the law was abolished by Jesus Christ on the cross, tithing continued because Melchizedek priesthood had to continue. Melchizedek priesthood is what you and I will pray today. And I have called it the Melchizedek slash Jesus priesthood. That we operate. If we, when we pay tithe today, we are not tithing after the order of Aaron and the Levi. We are not tithing according to the prescription of the Aaronic Levitical priesthood. Hebrews chapter 6. Oh, Hebrews chapter 5 first. Hebrews chapter 5. From verse 9. Are you in verse 9? Hebrews 5, 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Go to chapter 6. Hebrews 6, verse 20. Hebrews 6, 20. We that the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, go to chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Let's read from verse 1. For this Melchizedek, somebody say Melchizedek, king of Salem, say that, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham, Returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him to whom also Abraham gave a tithe. First, being by interpretation, say that, king of righteousness. And after that also, king of Salem, which is king of peace. What kind of a man is bearing the name king of peace, king of righteousness? He's not a, not a natural human being. He wasn't born of any man or any woman. Now, let's know more about this man. Verse 3. This man has no father. Is that your Bible? Without father, without mother. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. In case you don't know who Melchizedek is, you are not dealing with a human being. If you are looking at the person called Melchizedek, king of righteousness, no human being can answer that name. King of peace, no human being qualifies. That's God. Somebody said that's God. The Holy Ghost is God. The Son is God. The Father is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And one member of that Godhead answer the name Melchizedek when he appeared. He was God the world. But as soon as he appeared to Abraham to adumbrate three eternal necessities, he introduced himself as Melchizedek. But when that son of God was to finally show up, thousands of years later, he came and introduced himself as Jesus Christ. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. The same person that you are going to call Jesus after spending nine months in the womb of Mary, the person that will come out of the womb of Mary shall be called Jesus. That's the same person whose name was once Melchizedek. Clap for Jesus. Verse 3, one more time. Hebrews 7, 3. Without father, without mother, without descent, 
having, oh, in case you didn't understand that you're not dealing with a human being here, they gave us another one. Having neither beginning of days nor end of life. Well, let's leave all of that. And finally, do you know the adumbration of Titan before the law was not detailed? It was only highlights. Melchizedek introduced. Somebody say only highlights. But when you came into the law of Moses, God that knew that wherever there is a priesthood, there must be tithing to support the priesthood. It is so that the work of God will not suffer lack. That's why God enshrined tithing. That's one of the reasons. Wherever there is a priesthood, there must be tithing. And now another priesthood is taking place. A new, another dispensation has come called the Old Testament. And I remember telling you that the first tithing was done outside of the Old Testament. There was no Old Testament in Genesis. Genesis is only an introduction to the Bible. The Old Testament began in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 19 is not even Old Testament. But as soon as the Old Testament came about, they now had three kinds of tithe. Let me find out if you remember. The first tithe, like we discovered last Sunday, was what? The regular tithe. Is that correct? When they harvest their product, it was largely an agricultural economy. They would, they would just all the tubers of yam, they know everything, they would count it. And then uh, if they had uh, one million tubers of yam, they remove a hundred thousand. If they had a hundred thousand, they remove ten thousand. If they had a hundred tubers of yam, they remove ten. And they give it to God. That was regular tithe. And then, once they remove 90%, then the remaining 90% is subject to another, is subject to another what? Another tithe. Someone say another tithe. And that one is called what? Festival tithe. The festival tithe, they will remove that tithe and save it. It's like a savings for the annual camp meeting that is coming. Once a year, all Israel gathered in one place to celebrate. Everybody travel like Muslims go to Saudi Arabia for Mecca annually. Is that correct? So, for, so that nobody says, I don't have money to go to even feed my wife or my children in that place. He said, tithe again after you have removed God's 10%. Take another 10% and save it. You are not giving that one to God. It is you that will spend it and eat it on your lost. King James used the word lost. You remember we discovered that word on Sunday? Meaning whatsoever you desire. What is you? What do you like? You are going for camp meeting. If you like to drink Pepsi or Maltina, you are not going to be a burden on fellow Israelis who have traveled from various villages and towns to gather in Jerusalem. You must fend for yourself. That's why you were told so that you can't say, I couldn't go, I don't have money. After you have tightened and you are left with 90%, take another 10% and keep it away. Don't eat it. But you are not really giving to God. You are still the one to consume it at the end of the year. Is that correct? That was called what? Festival tithe. And then, you do that year one, you do that year two. Then, the third year, you are going to have three tithes. The regular tithe, which is the first that you give to God, Aaron, the priests, and the Levites. They share that one. They feed themselves and their wives and their children. And then, the festival tithe for you and your children. And for whoever you want to share with. Amen? And then, the third year, a third tithe shows up. And that one is called what? Charity tithe. That one, you will tithe and Keep it. Every household has a place they have built and in front of the house. Bible says, I read it, it's like that place everybody has where you store it. Nobody touches until the time to bring out of it. The town crier will come and cry and say, This is the week or this is the month of sharing your 
third tithe. Those tithes are for strangers, are for motherless children, orphans, widows. The, the Bible records those you should share it with to make sure nobody lacks in Israel. So God was raising a tithe, a third tithe for people among you. This God is not greedy. The first one belongs to him. The second tithe is for you and your children. In that annual feast that is coming, it's a savings. And the third tithe is for you to take care of the needy among you. God knows that there will always be poor people among you. Feed them. Three kinds of tithe. Only one was actually God's tithe. The rest, second one, that tithe is for you. Your festival tithe. The third one is for you to share. Don't forget, I'm talking about how they even did it in the Old Testament. That is not even how it is done in the New Testament at all. But I'm just trying to... Anywhere tithe is mentioned in this Bible, I must not shy away from those scriptures. But in the New Testament, we don't even have those extra two types. We don't even have that. That 10% is what New Testament is all about. Put it in God, it's your business how you spend the remaining 90%. Because in the Old Testament, they will ask you from the 90, tithe again and save it, that you will eat it later. And then third year, tithe again, that you may see to share to strangers and orphans and all that. We don't do that. Anybody doing that now is wrong eh? because we are not under the law. But tithing did not come in the law. It came before the law. And the law was an interim dealing of God with man. God knowing that in the fullness of time, the law is going to be abolished. Now when the law is abolished, the Melchizedek priesthood that was suspended by Aaronic Levitical priesthood will be carried over. And it is Jesus Christ that came to carry over Melchizedek priesthood when he came into this world. Because his own priesthood, you must remember Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And that is the one we are operating on. That's why no pastor has a right to tell you three times. We just did all that study as a kind of academic exercise to let you know how rigorous it was. Even tithing was more rigorous in the Old Testament than now. Is that correct? You remember, we, we also discovered that even in that Old Testament, if you failed to tithe, when you are to tithe again, that is it's like somebody who did not pay tithe last time he got money. Now he has got him money again. He is reminded by the law that you are owing tight. That's what the law reminds you you are owing. Last time you made money, you didn't pay tight. So what do you do now? You will pay the tight of this month and then pay the tight of last month and put 20% interest on top. Did we not see it in the Bible? Don't forget, I'm rushing somewhere. We're not going to read that again. But we saw it. It was there. So it was serious. You couldn't escape God on this issue. And God had to tell you, you did not pay tithe last month. You want to pay tithe. Don't. No, 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 no. First pay that one before you're paying this one. And when you are paying that one, put 20%. And God said, I borrowed you money. As you were owing me tithe. I mean, it's my money you spent. In other words, you got money and you spent the whole 100% on yourself. Then next month, another 100% comes and I say, okay, I did not pay tithe last month. Let me, let me pay now. Eh? And you are bringing 10%. God said, no, 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 no. You have to bring 20% because you were owing me last month and you will add 20% to that one. No, but I'm not the one. Did we not read it last Sunday? It's there. But we do not do those ones now. Because, uh, 
Somebody said, but why, why can't we do that? Pastor, there should be penalty. It is not how tithing is done under the law that tithing should be done in the New Testament. The New Testament is simply a continuation of the dispensation of faith. Abraham is called the father of faith. Abraham tightened under the dispensation of faith. And Bible tells us in Galatians 3 that Jesus Christ died that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles and that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Have you read that in your Bible? Jesus died to carry over Abrahamic blessings. That's why we sing Abraham's blessings are mine. And Jesus Christ is also called the seed of Abraham. Let's clap for Jesus. Now, I want to say this. If tithing was important, why did Jesus not collect tithe? It would have been a sin. The Bible says Jesus Christ had no sin. That's why he qualified to go to the cross and die for us. A man that has sin cannot qualify to, to die for us. It would have been the first commitment of sin if Jesus ever taken tithe. If Jesus had collected tithe from people, brothers and sisters, we would have still been in our sin. His death on the cross would have been He would have still been in hell today. The reason he was raised from the dead after three days is because he had no sin. That's why the Holy Ghost came down to raise him up because the courts of justice in heaven said, he who knew no sin. So we say, how would he have been seen if Jesus had collected tithe, why? Because Jesus Christ was born from the tribe of Judah. And those who were to collect tithe are from the tribe of Levi. Let's clap for Jesus. He couldn't take tithe. Rather, Jesus is the one that paid tithe. Oh, you don't know he did? There are two things Jesus did. He paid tithe and he paid tax. He said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And come and give to God that will belong to God. Whenever you tell a, a Jewish person, an Israeli in those days, come and give to God what belongs to God. He's trying to say, come and give to God what God has commanded you. The tithes and offerings are the commandment of God. Pay your tithes and pay tax to the government. Clap for Jesus. The people who pay tithes to God are the same citizens who pay their tax to government. The government does not care if you pay tithe, you will still pay your tax. Lagos State, you know what I'm talking about? The people whose companies are being taxed in Lagos State, some of them are church people who have also paid tithe. Now, when you pay tithe, you are giving to God what belongs to God. When you pay tax to government, you are giving to Caesar because Caesar represents government. Caesar means uh, uh, political authority. Caesar stands for political authority. Bible says every government that be is ordained of God. So a pastor will tell his members, be a good citizen, pay your tax, but be a kingdom patriot, pay your tithe. Kingdom patriotism. Someone say kingdom patriotism. You are not a good citizen if you don't pay tax. Neither are you a good Christian if you don't pay tithe. I'm still coming. Somebody say, but you haven't even hit the nail on the head. The reason Jesus did not qualify to take tithe from any man. Because when Jesus was born, he was born under the law, made under the law. 
Meaning there was a priesthood, the Aaronic Levitical priesthood going on. And so he needed to submit to that priesthood. It was not yet time for him to abrogate that priesthood. It was the death of Jesus Christ that abrogated that priesthood. The old order was still in place. Jesus was born under the law. He lived under the law. He ministered under the law. He cast out demons under the law. Every miracle he performed was not, was not performed in the New Testament. He lived and died under the Old Testament. And the old order is that everybody must pay tithe to support that old priesthood. Until his death removed the old priesthood and the Holy Ghost comes in Acts chapter 2 to inaugurate a new, a new priesthood, the tithe order cannot change. And by the time people are to stop paying tithe to Aaron and the Levitical priesthood, the time people were to stop doing that, Jesus was no more here. And so who are those to represent who are those to take the tithe? Jesus was not here. If Jesus was physically here in the era of the New Testament, he would have then qualified to start taking tithe. But so long as the Old Testament was still in force, it was by his blood that the Old Testament was cancelled. So, so long as the old was in force, he that was not a priest could not take tithe. Rather himself subjected himself to the tithe. So, when Jesus started the church, he was no longer here. He was in heaven. So, he now puts the pastors, the fivefold ministry, as the ones representing him. The ones you now tied to. And when you tied to the church, you have tied to Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. If you want to find out who owns the church, don't look at Pastor Theo. I did not die for you. None of you is here today to serve me. I did not lay down my life for anybody here. I didn't shed my blood for anybody here. If you want to find out who truly owns the church, look at the man who died on the cross. He owns the church. Clap for Jesus if you believe what I'm talking about. I do not own this church. Pastor Theo, but you are the senior pastor we know in Gospel Pavilion. Yes, but I'm a senior caretaker. I'm not the landlord of this place. Jesus is the landlord of the church. But there is an appointed caretaker under Jesus. Pastor Theo here is the senior pastor. Under Jesus. Somebody say under Jesus. Say under Jesus. If you want to give something to the American government and you go to the American embassy in Abuja or in Victoria Island, and you help them to refurnish their embassy, refurbish their embassy, and buy their ACs and change everything. The American government in Washington, D.C., they will acknowledge you. In other words, when you put something in the church of the living God, heaven recognizes you. They don't even need money in heaven. Dollars are not needed in heaven. There is no marketplace to buy and sell in heaven. The only currency that is required in heaven is faith. If you have faith, heaven will release that thing to you. That's all. Faith is the legal tender. It's the currency that heaven needs. Not even Naira. So when we talk about paying your tithe in pound, sterling, Dutchman, Japanese, yen, Nigerian, Naira, the, the Ghanaian, cities, ladies and gentlemen, those things will be spent in the, in the church. And as soon and as long as your money, your tithe is coming into the church, which is the embassy of heaven, Bible says Christians are the ambassadors of Christ, and ambassadors are found in embassy. Bible says we are ambassadors of Christ. Is that not what the Bible says? Second Corinthians chapter five. 
we are. And I said to myself, ambassadors are found in embassy. Because you are not yet seeing heaven physically. Right here today, we all are ambassadors of Christ. And this is an embassy. Here we give you visa to go to heaven. Do you know when American embassy gives you visa, all you need to do is to go and buy a ticket. When you come to church now, when you are born again, you are identified as a member of the body of Christ. You are in an embassy. A visa has been given to you. When rapture takes place, you will go to heaven. When we preach and give out a call, we are giving out free visas. Clap for Jesus. So, Jesus Christ could not have been telling disciples to pay tithes to him more. The only thing all those people who ministered to Jesus did to him, they gave him what you call free will offering. Remember those who tithed. When they removed their regular tithe, they will still do two more tithes. One of them will be the charity tithe that they used to help people. A lot of the monies Jesus expended in his earthly ministry. The Bible said there were some women, very rich men, that followed him and they ministered to him of their substance. Have you read that in your Bible? Because a lot of these guys, they left Jesus, some of them left their wives, and they followed him from place to place, always traveling, always doing crusade. And in his ministry, he also needed to feed them, pay transport, and a lot of things. But he did not tell Israel, stop taking your tithe to the synagogue. Come and give me tithe. If he had done that, it would have been a sin. He can't do that. The old order was still standing. He needed to die to abrogate the old order, and now there is a new order that qualifies to receive tithe. But even when he qualified to receive tithe, he was no more here. So he said, Pastor, you take the tithe on my behalf. Clap for Jesus. I'm doing it on his behalf. <laughs> on earth here, yeah, Jesus was a tither. He did not qualify to be tithed to. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. There were different kinds of offerings in the New Testament. Now, the regular offering was not even mentioned in that New Testament. And I asked God, let me know why. And he gave me the answer. In 2017, I wrote it down. He said to you, neither tithe nor offering is written in that New Testament. That is majorly by epistles. New Testament is majorly what? Epistles. Is that correct? God said, I will tell you how the church in the first century AD was funded even though you did not see tithe and offering. I will tell you why we collect offering in this church. The regular offering we are going to collect here today is not even in this New Testament. Are you hearing me? Why then are we collecting it? Both the tithe and the offering is not even here. I will tell you. That's why you need to be in church. Everybody turn to First Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Let's read from verse 1. Are you there? Now concerning the collection for the saints. This one straight away is not church offering. This one is not offering we take every Sunday for church. This is benevolence. It's like we say let's do operation feed our neighbor. Verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints. As I have given order to the churches of Galatia. Even so do ye. Verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. As God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. 
And when I come, whosoever you shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring you, bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now, look up. He is telling the Corinthian church every Sunday when you come to church take a special offering which is called charity offering here. Keep it aside. Don't give that as your regular offering which your pastor will collect. When you drop it, when you bring it to church, set it aside. When it's time for offering, there's offering you will give. But there's another one you will keep by where you sit down. I am sending somebody, if I cannot come by myself, to pay you a visit very soon. You do not know which particular Sunday I am coming. But for now, for the next how many Sundays, be laid aside some special offering or charity offering. So that the day I come to town, he can arrive on Saturday, he's traveling, and he will show up in church, and then he says, I will not be here next Sunday. So what have you been gathering? I will carry it and travel with it to Jerusalem. The Jews really suffered. So they had to be taking special offerings from the Gentile churches and sent to them. Now, aids are flowing into Gaza through Rafa crossing and all that. You watch your CNN news or Al Jazeera, you see the fight going on in Israel and that the Red Cross or different, different organizations are sending aids to Gaza. The church was doing something like that. In the New Testament, tithing was also going on. But just like you have skeletal information about tithing before the law, you also have skeletal information about tithing or offering even in the New Testament era. Most of what the church will need on tithing was the way it was done under the Aaronic Levitical priesthood. But I will tell you why tithing was not mentioned in the New Testament. And I will tell you why I, Jesus, appeared to you and I was reading from Leviticus to you. You know what God said to me? He said, take the church to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Come on, everybody. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. That leads us into what Jesus called Paul's evangelical extremism. You are already in 1 Corinthians 9. That may be the last place we we'll read today, but just look up. When Jesus appeared to me, and he had no place to take me to in that New Testament. Rather, he went to open Leviticus and told me to read. He said, what you see written in that place that the tithe is sacred, is holy, is eternally truth. He said, in the, old, in the, in, in the dispensation of faith of Genesis, it was only adumbrated. You have no script, much scriptures to read there. He said, in the New Testament, Paul made a mistake. That's why you don't have for to read it. And he started telling me the mistakes of Paul. Let me read what I wrote here to, to save time. When Jesus died, listen carefully. When Jesus died and the Holy Spirit came, the Melchizedek, Jesus priesthood, came into force. The Lord told me around 11.45 p.m. Saturday, the 9th of December, 2017, that I should go and read 1 Corinthians 9. We're going to read it shortly. 
And it will show me that it was only Paul and Barnabas that did not take tithe. Other apostles took tithe. That's why they were not hungry and only Paul was hungry. He told me it was Paul that slept over his right. Because at some point, Paul got overzealous in his earthly ministry. To Paul, he would rather die than collect tithe and spoil his chance to boast. He alone, he alone, okay, he alone was like this because he wanted to prove to his converts that he was not after their money. God said, but that was an extremism that Satan and his agents as anti-titans now used to hurt the cause of Christ in the church. God said to me, he has already ordained, I'm going to slow down here. God said to me, he has already ordained that wherever there is a Melchizedek priesthood, there must be a titan. God said, Paul was wrong right on that. For no other apostle was in a better position to teach on titan than Paul. But he blew that opportunity thus causing a great embarrassment to preachers who do not believe in his evangelical extremism of not taking tithe. Just so more souls could be won. Amen? Okay, now, since Jesus told me, go and read 1 Corinthians 9. He want to prove something. I want to read it for you. 1 Corinthians 9. Everybody is there. Let's read from verse 1. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have not I seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. My answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we no right, meaning this one they use power. Have we no right to eat and to drink? Is that your Bible? Have we no right to lead about a sister and a wife? As well as other apostles and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas church. Let me tell you something. Who tell Paul say, make no man? He's now asking people, is it that I don't have a right to marry? Just like the other apostles. In other words, he's trying to say, I decided not to marry. God did not express you say, Paul, don't marry. If you marry a woman, go draw you into sin. He didn't hear it. But he's now telling the Corinthians with anger in his voice. I'm going to tell you what's going on. That made it to be talking like this. He's trying to say, I waived so much of my rights just to serve you people without blame. I deliberately did not marry. I have a right to be married to one missus and she follows me around like the other apostles. They were traveling with their wives. If you read it, all these and Peter, they carried their wives. Bible talk about Peter and his mother-in-law. Is that correct? They had wives. And the Bible did not say, even Paul later said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, that in the last days some uh, using spirit shall come upon the world and telling people forbidding to marry, forbidding to, uh, uh, commanding to abstain from meat. Now, he was trying to say any doctrine that says don't marry is a wrong doctrine. That's what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 4. But himself telling you that it is wrong for somebody to tell you don't marry himself is not married. And he's saying that it's not as though it would have been bad if I married. The Bible didn't say, 
Paul, don't marry. I did not hear the Holy Ghost say, Paul, don't marry. I chose not to marry. At the end of the day, he was saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, if a man is married, good. If he's not married, better. You know that's what he said? He said, if any of you is divorced, don't even seek to remarry. Then he now said in, in verse 26 of that chapter, he said, this is what I'm saying only for the present distress. You will check it. He said, I'm not making an eternal law that if you are single, remain single. If you are, if you are divorced, don't seek to marry again. No, he said, it's not an eternal law. He said, because of the persecution of this present hour, even getting married will lead to certain distractions. When, when your wife will cry over your head, you will cancel the next crusade. Because the first crusade, they beat you, they almost killed you. They dragged you back home and your wife was pressing your wounds and everything. You, so he was saying, the persecution of this hour is too much. I think those who are single, remain single. Those who are married, don't seek to be divorced. But if you are divorced, uh, let her go. Let's focus on Christ. And in verse 26, he said, I'm only saying this for the present distress. By the time the Roman Catholic people say, uh, Reverend Father should not marry, Paul will say, it's a doctrine from hell. Nobody should forbid anybody from marrying because he wants to serve God. But himself that refused to marry said, not because I make I not marry you. That's what he said. He said, I waived my right. Don't I have power? Don't I have right? Amen. Let's read for that a little bit. Those of you that are excited about Bible, you will not even bother that we are taking long. Just know this Bible. It's not easy to come across teachings like this. Amen. I want to tell you the mindset of Paul robbed the church of an opportunity to receive tithe, uh, to receive teachings on tithe. And Jesus told me this. I wrote the data. He said, Yo, that was it. He said, This tithe controversy is nothing but a fallout of Paul's evangelical extremism. He said, But Jesus said, Even me, when I have to teach people tithe, I take them to Leviticus. Something I could have found in Pauline epistles. He said, But Paul was proud. I'm coming. I'll tell you how pride led Paul. He suffered for nothing. I'm coming. You are a pastor. Your mates are teaching tight. Peter. All those are pastor churches. He even said it. He said then Peter fed from tight and he didn't use the word tight and offering. He fed from collections of the church. The church supported them. I am the only one that pastors and I refuse to take offering. And do you know the funny thing? That guy will preach. He will not collect offering. But you know what? He said he was proud. He said, my, he said this is my hands. He said, this my, my hands have ministered to me and to those who were with me. He had an entourage, other than Silas, uh, Sivanos, Timothy, uh, they, they, they traveled with him. And as soon as Paul got to a place, the next thing, because the guy is a skilled tent maker. He's a skilled tent. In those days, making tent is like a building construction engineer. And so when he got to a place, he started looking for those who want to build. He told them he's skilled tent maker and they will give him contract. So they are not in church every day. So he will go to the construction site and build tent and make good money. And he will be feeding those who travel with him. And then in the evening he will go and hold a crusade. On Sunday he will be in church and he will preach and share the grace. He won't talk about tithe. He won't talk about offering. It was not only tithe he neglected. He neglected offering. He now told the Corinthian church. He said when I preach among you people I did not ask you for anything. When I needed help, it was the Macedonian churches, the churches of Galatia that sent offering. In another city, they will do offering every service and gather it and send to a man in Greece. Corinth is in Greece. But you are pastoring, doing evangelical ministry in the city of uh, Corinth in Greece. And you cannot even tell the church 
give me the tithes and the offerings which God says wherever there is a priesthood there must be a support of the priesthood but he said I have looked at you guys if I dare ask you for tithes and offering now you will think I am after your money he said I am not after yours but I'm after you. I want to save your soul. If it is me asking you for tithes and offering, which I have a right to take, but I have chosen to sleep on my right. All the other apostles, they are enjoying the tithes and the offering. They are married, they are raising children. I have no family to call my own. Just because I want to prove to you, I am preaching to you, not what I can get for you. Keep your tithe and your offering. And God said, that wasn't himself bad. He said, Paul did bad. And when we get to heaven, that's one thing I'm going to say, Paul, Jesus reported you to me. Now listen very carefully. Jesus was talking to me on Titan in 1999, in the night, and he went to be quoting Leviticus. God said, that's the information, that's, he said, that's the scripture available that I will have to use. He said, Titan, that was adumbrated before the law and continues after the law. But how it was done under the law is even where we have more information. How it was done after the law, Paul blocked the opportunity. He said, but I have to go back to how it was done under the law because Titan is still sacred. It's still the only thing. Wherever there is, except you are telling me there is no more priesthood. Wherever there is a priesthood, there is a sub let, 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 let me finish this chapter 9 before I sit down. Let's go to chapter 9. Wait, wait, wait. I want to say this. Remember in our Bible, there's what is called the apostles' doctrine and there's what we call Jesus' doctrine. If you read Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. One of the apostles' doctrine, you call it apostles' plural. You just say apostle James' doctrine. Is the use of olive oil. But the other group of apostles spearheaded by Paul never believed in the use of oil. And it was the council in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15 that the two factions of ministers were finally settled. In other words, all the apostles never agreed on every point of doctrine. But at the end of the day, they gave their final respect to Paul. Because Peter later said in 2 Peter, that some things I mentioned to you about in bits and in pieces, that Paul dealt with them extensively. He said these things Paul had taught them in his, his numerous epistles, in which are some things hard to understand. Peter was telling the church that some things where Paul writes, me self, I know if you understand them. It's in the Bible. And they are both in heaven. Peter, they heaven. Paul, they heaven. Peter, they tell the church, say, Paul, no Bible. Amen. Peter said, no Bible passed James. But when people came from James, Peter the fear to show his knowledge so that James does not rebuke him because James has become the head of the church. Those who say Peter is the first pope, you are telling lies. The, Peter did not even head the church beyond few weeks. As soon as, yeah, on the day of Pentecost, he preached. 3,000 so God saved himself and John prayed at the gate beautiful the lame man got up and walked another 5,000 added to the church is that correct just watch immediately James came into the church things changed and James is very arrogant 
I'm going to tell you when we get to heaven. You think the men that God using writing your Bible, they are so perfect. Some of you would think they are holier than us. They are not. The righteousness of God in Christ is the same. If God gave you one kilogram of righteousness deposited in your human spirit at the new birth, that's what he gave to Apostle Paul. Paul is not more righteous than Fidelis. Paul is not more righteous than Agogo. Paul is not even more righteous than uh, 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 Chizoba. Now, people are looking at the righteousness of, oh, I don't do this, I don't touch this, I don't watch TV. That is not what we are talking about. The righteousness of Jesus Christ, Bible says, which is according to faith, is God, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For God has death to every man. The measure of faith. This is a measure. We are called, the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been credited to our account straight. Credit alert. Once you accept Christ, bang, initial deposit. Let's go for Jesus. And they are human beings. At the end of the day, some things will show up where they will start arguing. When you look at them, you will hear that Barnabas and uh, 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 Paul, they had a serious argument, a sharp dissension concerning whether John Mark should follow us or not. Because the other one said, ah, I'm missing my mom, you, I want to go and visit my mom. And when he went and visit and came back, Paul said, you can't follow us again. You're not serious. He that puts his hand on the plow and looks back, is not fit. Now Barnabas said, Paul, but this is too harsh now. He only just went to, he did not backslide. He just said, you want to go see him, mama. Okay, don't go see my mind. Don't come back. Paul said, you can't follow us again for this missionary work. The Barnabas said, no, 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 no. He will still follow us. Ah, Paul, your own is too much. Paul said, I'm saying I don't like those kind of people. They can't work with me. They're not serious. This, God said he was by nature. Paul was a choleric. Do you know what they call a claw man? Paul was a very hard man naturally. So much that he even sees woman as a distraction. He sees marriage as a matrimonial distraction in ministry. And then, to even have two wives, multiple distractions. If you look at 1 Corinthians 7, this guy say, to marry, good. Not to marry, better. Is there a... See, if you study Bible, eh, Bible people, you will not even know he get where Paul they talk. He go say, I did not hear this from God. Though. So don't over-rely on what I'm saying. I'm just thinking is proper to do it like this. But in case anybody has heard from God, a better way to do it, leave this my own. The one that I've heard God, I will say, God said the Lord. And some of those ones he's using his ideas to do are where we are having problem. And then one of his ideas is that if I am raising up a church and I notice human beings have too much sensitivity when you ask them for money, if I even then teach tight and Melchizedek, hell, he even told the Hebrew church, he said, concerning this Melchizedek, there are many things I would have told you now. He said, but you people are still dull of hearing. Let's even leave this Melchizedek issue. If I dare go there, as he said, make we leave her, go right small. He go to another verse and say, well, consider how great he was. He not get papa, he not get mama, he not get in village, oh, he not get where, he not they die, they not born. Middle. Okay, tell us more now. He just wet their appetite. He didn't talk. But the guy knew that a deep teaching on Melchizedek will lead to Titan. And he doesn't want to go there. Then let me show you one verse. Him, when he don't talk, 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 he said, is it that I don't have a right to collect your money and take care of myself or even marry a woman and raise up children? Paul just died. No picking left behind. No, no wife to, 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 to survive him. 
and all the apostles had normal family train their children from tithes and offering. Those ones did not even have a handwork like Paul. He was proud because I'm a skilled tent maker. And he went to preach to the efficient elders in Acts 20. He said, all you guys know when I was with you for three and a half years in the city of Ephesus. Ephesus is in a Turkey. Turkey is in Europe. He said, you know that these my hands, I walked to take care of myself and them that were with me. I did not ask people for a tithe or offering. Then he now says something. He said, I coveted no man's silver. I coveted no man's uh, Ferrari or, or, or Toyota, Land Cruiser. Wait till I get, you know, it my eye. I live by example. Sometimes I was hungry. I was chargeable to no man. I, that's King James. He said, I did not depend on any of you. But today, Jesus Christ is saying, if you teach a church stinginess, you will limit their chance to be blessed by God. Because the doctrine of seed time and harvest time is an eternal law. The issue of giving poor is poor in that area. And all the other apostles, they taught giving and they were supported in ministry. They enjoyed. Holy Paul was suffering. He said, I know how to abound. I know how to abase. I am happy that uh, finally your care of me has flourished again. Where is that? I think that's uh, Philippians chapter. He said, I'm happy that at last you have reminded. Sometimes those brethren will just say, you don't even say we will send him offering. He will not even ask. And when they will now send him the offering, he will say, do you know the whole of Philippians, the book of Philippians was actually a thank you letter. The theme of the, the central theme of the Philippian letter is to say thank you. It's a letter of appreciation. He said the king Epaphras had just arrived, uh, had arrived with all the offerings, collections, everything you brought. He said, but I am happy that you have now brought something that can be credited to your account in heaven. Otherwise, I for not ask you now. He said, I was not even hungry when your offering arrived. Yeah? Which kind of pastor they talk like this? And a man who has this mentality to preach and not ask people for money. Is that the man you wanted to supply you additional information after the adumbration? Adumbration is, is simply a highlight. The details will never, you can't get it from Paul. He said, I prefer to die of hunger than for you to bring your offering to me and that will not deprive me of my confident boasting. Let's keep reading. If they suffer, they go. Other apostles are collecting that and offering and living big. But he's complaining. Number one, what even led to? She be saying not to endure hunger. What is now making him to complain? Eh? Prove it now that you don't need food. Let's, let's find out why he's complaining. We must find out the flaws in the human beings God used. Samson, God used the human flaws. Abraham, flaws. Jacob, flaws. David, 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 a man after God's own heart. He committed adultery and killed the husband of the man. A man after God's own heart. And these men, you think they are holier than you? Because God used them. Earthly, Bible says we have this treasure in eighteen vessels so that the excellency of the power may be of him and not of us. We are nothing. You are not. They are not even morally purer than we are. If you know some of their, some of their secret flaws, but those are not the things you will see because they are writing epistles. By the time a man is writing to teach his epistles, he will not be externalizing his own private struggles. He won't. Okay, we have not even finished. Jesus Christ showed me in First Corinthians chapter nine things I never knew. I have read many years on that. 
2017. Look at it. Let's finish it. From verse 9 again. My answer to them that do examine. Okay. See. My answer to them that question me is this. This is what led to it. The Corinthian people said we have come to investigate Paul. Did you know he really walk with Jesus Christ in the days of his flesh? But Peter did. James, John, those who walk with Jesus. No, not even this Jesus. The James, the son of Zebedee. That one is already there. But this one is James, the half-brother of Jesus. He said, okay, so, uh, Bartholomew, Philip, all of them. They, they walk with Jesus Christ. They ate his, uh, his uh, they, they broke bread, they, you know, everything. They were together. So they really heard his teachings. So what they are teaching us is not hearsay. But this Paul said, where is he coming from? So they started saying we should not lay too much emphasis on the teachings of Paul. We should rather follow some other apostles that came as itinerant teachers who were coming to say that if you follow Paul's teaching, your salvation is not complete. You must, these are people like James. He said, you must imbibe the laws of Moses in your Christian curriculum. And now this message got to Paul that they have watered down his teaching and they are saying that he's not even one of the original apostles. So what authority does he have? The next thing, he now told them, he said, you may have a thousand instructors in Christ. Too many traveling teachers have passed by Corinth every weekend. They drop you doctrine. But I founded that church. I spent one and a half year in the city of Corinth. And those guys who are now coming to teach whole seminar which you were not there. They don't know what I suffered to plant that church. They cannot go and plant a new church. It's the one I have planted. They are simply traveling around teaching seminars. But they don't know what it takes to evangelize a city. And I go to places where Christ has never been once mentioned. I go there virgin land and I disvirgin the place and I plant a church. And when the church is thriving, I said I must not stay here for long because the rest part of the world still need to be saved. I look for some few fast growing Christians among the people, the young convert, and I ordain a bishop and I go ahead. Only for me to arrive at another city, I'm hearing some traveling preachers who are trailing me to spy out the liberty that I have handed to you people. You remember I said some people were spying my my liberty, seek, seeking to bring us back into bondage. Verse 2. If I be not an apostle to others, then I am certainly to you. For the seal of my apostleship is you. My answer to you that are examining me is this. Don't I have power to eat and drink? What he's talking about? Tithe and offering. He never taught them. He never collected it. And I'm not seeing Brothers and sisters, I think I should say this with all solemnity with a huge sense of responsibility because I cannot lie against God. That quarter to is it 11.45 p.m. that Saturday night in my house in Agri those days, the presence of Jesus came into my room. You know, I've seen Jesus a few times in Revelation, in, in visions and all that. And Jesus said to me, said, Theo, write it down. This tight controversy they are having in Nigeria is nothing but a fallout of Paul's evangelical extremism. He said he was in a better position to teach the church, but he was a proud man. That's why he also suffered. Listen. Verse 5. Have we no power to lead about a sister as a wife? Uh -huh. Did, did they tell you not to marry? Why are you complaining? As well as other apostles. And as the brethren of the Lord. And Cephas which is Peter. 
36. Or is it only me and Barnabas that have no power to stop walking? Is that your Bible? He taught Barnabas. We cannot resign from our business. If we resign, we'll be depending on tithe and offering. And they will think we set up church to collect tithe and offering. So we must not close our tent making company. Now it's not quarreling with the church. Say, you see, I'm still running my business aside the church. But all the other apostles have no side hustle. They depend on the church and the church takes care of them, their wife and their children. But me, I'm not cuckoo get wife. I'm not cuckoo get picking to pay school fees for. And I have not folded up my business. And they run my secular business while I'm preaching to you. Is it that I don't have a right to stop working and face the church? Trusting the church to give me tithes and offerings? Somebody say praise the Lord. But he's complaining. He cost it. Verse 7. Who goes to warfare at any time? At his own charge. Who plants a vineyard and eats not of the fruit thereof? Who feeds a flock? And eats not of the milk of the flock. Wait. Who plants crops and does not expect harvest to eat from it? Who plants a church and does not expect the brethren to take care of the pastor, his wife, and his children? That is what he's saying. But he's the only one. He will, answer, he will ask this question, he will answer it himself. He's the one that planted a church and does not allow the church to take care of him. He can't say, who does that? Am I not the only one? We plant church and are not chopped from the church? Did Peter do it? Tell me. Who is even talking to him? He's writing. It's not a telephone call. He's writing. By the time this letter even arrived there, months have passed. Postal service of those things. And then they will just read it. They will say, let's say this man is infection. <laughs> it's true. That they will just read it. They say, let's say he's infection. Is he telling us he's hungry now? And he should go ahead and tell us to give him a free time. We will give him. By the time they are reading the letter, they are already even feeling for him. Say, Let's say this man, hunger don't finally reach this man. Only for, why they are already making up their mind by the time they finish reading. Next Sunday, we'll go to church. We'll do a special fundraising. We'll send it to Paul. Paul, go talk. I know that he say, I'm not even asking you people till now because I am not going to give you a chance to spoil my boasting. We are going to read it. Did God tell him to boast like this? When God said, bring ye all the tithes into my house, that there may be food in my house. He's saying, let there be food for the priests, the men of God, that there may be money to run church expenses, pay salary of church staff. Because when the church is taken care of, kingdom interest is taken care of. Not because angels need Naira. Not because Jesus Christ need Naira. Who needs it? Is this church? Is Pastor Teo that will buy equipment? Is Pastor Teo that will buy a new suit and tie? If you see me jumping up and down, there's energy I'm eating. Who fed me? You people. I will never toe the line of Paul who said I made up my mind to sleep over my right. Even though I have a right to feed from the flock that I'm tending. I have a right to feed from the, from the farm I'm, I'm cultivating. You suffered for nothing because you wanted people to think that you are not after their money. I am not after you people's money here. I'm after your souls. But I still know that you need to support me. Is that not correct? Let's balance things. I'm not after you people's money. But I need it to. Hmm. I need it to. People don't like the truth. Now the truth I talk so. Look at verse 8. Say I these things as a man. 
Or says not the Lord the same also. He said, is it me as a human being that is just saying that he that plant has a right to eat? Does the Lord not also say it? Now, he's not going to be quoting from the Lord. Verse 9. It is written in the law of Moses. Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. Does God take care of oxen? He said, even the oxen that treads the corn in the Old Testament, provision is made for them to eat from the corn. He said, if God cares for oxen, we not care for human ministers? Verse 10. Says he altogether for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt, this is written. That he that plow should plow in hope. And that he that thresh in should thresh in hope. Uh, he that treasured in hope should be partaker of his hope. Verse 11. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a big deal if, you shall, if we shall reap your carnal, physical, material things? Look at what he's saying. If we minister spiritual things to you as a pastor, we preach to you, we pray for you and your family, is it too much for you to take from your material carnal store and bless the man of God? This is a man who has never preached on giving. I guess something is happening. It's not forced to be saying it. These brethren would have started to be giving very well until go use another verse. Spoil them again. Verse 12. If others be partakers of this right over you, are not we rather, he's talking about himself and Barnabas. Nevertheless, we have not used this right. We have suffered all things. Now you call some. Lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Did you see his mentality? Lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. You now hinder the church the opportunity to know about Titan offering. Verse 13. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so has the Lord ordained. Jesus read this scripture to me that night. Even so had the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live off. Should live off. Wait. If those who preach the gospel are ordained by God to live of the gospel that they preach. By what? God does not like arbitrary things. There has to be a command on the minimum standard of giving which is 10%. If you feel God has done more, you want to even appreciate him more, those are now offerings. Anybody who brings 15% of his income to church, it is not a command, it is 10%. You know what God did? God has ordained that those who minister in the temple should live of the temple. Verse 13. Do you not know that they which minister about the holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers of the altar? Verse 14. Even so had the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Verse 15. But I have used none of these rights. Neither have I written these things that it should be so done to me. For it were better for me to die than that any man should make me my glory void. This man likes suffering. Let me close this, but I won't read more than that. See, he said, even all these things we had a right now, that they argue my case that we have a right to take money from the church, we have a right to do this. He said, you will start thinking I actually want you to start giving me money. He said, perish the thought. He said, even tonight, I am not even writing that you should start giving me those money. He said, I prefer to die. Die of what? Hunger now. Not be hunger. Pastor Church should say that. He said, God said, he told me that night, he said, you, don't mind Paul. I did not even send him to a break like that. He suffered too much unnecessarily. 
He said the other apostles he was referring to that those ones have a right to do this, do this, but we did not. He said those ones did what they actually asked them to do. By telling the brethren about tithe and offering, you are even letting them know what Melchizedek talked about. And when the day he went to talk about Melchizedek, he just gave them and he did not go deep. He said you are still dull of hearing. I'm going to stop here. Let's stand up everybody.